Well, today we celebrate the feast of Saints Simon and Jude, and they're listed here in the early one of the earliest lists of the twelve apostles in the Gospel of Luke. Um, it says Simon, who was called a zealot. Uh, a zealot was um, a political category. It was someone who had serious uh, bones with the uh, Roman Empire and the, the dominance that the Roman Empire had over everybody, but specifically over the uh, the Jewish people. So the zealots, they felt, well, you know, if we were really faithful to God, we wouldn't be under the rule of the Romans. We'd have our own autonomy and sovereignty as a nation. And it was, it was a political uh, stance. And uh, probably I can imagine Simon, uh, some of his uh, hard-edged political um, leanings were softened a bit and, and he became a little bit more spiritually minded uh, through following Christ and especially after Christ's death and his resurrection. And then you have Judas, the son of James, whom we know in our tradition as Jude, St. Jude. It's interesting, though, he's called Judas here, all right? Judas, the son of James, and then it lists immediately Judas Iscariot, who became his traitor. And uh, in in the Greek, it's Judas. It's the exact same name, exact same word. Okay, so uh, this translation here, our current translation, is very exact, and it says Judas, son of James, Judas, who became a traitor. Uh, from what I understand, from what I've read, um, there was. Uh, uh, you know, we got we have this question: Is how, how did how did Jude or Judas, the son of James, uh, become the uh, patron of desperate causes, of lost causes, or desperate causes? From what I understand, is that he actually was a very neglected um, apostle in the early, probably centuries of the church's life, because of the likeness of his, the identity of his name with Judas Iscariot. So people were almost afraid to invoke uh, Judas, the son of James, because if they were praying to Judas, it was almost like, you know, psychologically they had the sense that they were praying to Judas Iscariot, you know, like you don't want to do that, you know. So, so consequently, Judas, the son of James, became very neglected. Well, imagine, imagine this, you know, you've got the 12 apostles and they're up in heaven, and they're looking for work, and uh, you know they they're all getting pretty good work. You know they got the job to get, you know help the little child protect the child as he's traveling to school, and then the whole conflict between the mother-in-law and the mother and the, and the daughter-in-law, and then you got uh, you know that common cold. You know all those those are easy jobs, and like all the popular apostles are getting those jobs, but poor Judas is like I'm out of work. I can't. I mean. And then he gets, he starts getting really, really desperate. He's like, just please, someone pray to me. I'll do anything, anything. Give me your toughest work. Give me your dirtiest work. Give me your most horrendous work that no one wants to do. I'll do it. And, you know, by God's grace, someone was inspired to start invoking uh, Jude. And they found, wow, this guy does a good job. And, uh, you know, let's start invoking him. So then a whole kind of tradition of invoking him uh, and and uh, him as the patron of lost causes of desperate cases came into existence. And so it's very interesting because his, um, you know, he's not very well known. There's not a lot of historical 
you know, tangible facts about him, but who he is and his role in God's plan of salvation has come to be known in the life of the church as it's unfolded over hundreds and hundreds of years. And his intercession has been found by experience to be <clears throat> very powerful and that he, you know, you can give him your dirtiest work and he's, he's up for the job. Um, so I don't know, maybe two things we can take away from that is, uh, well, for us, you know, and this is probably what I'm going to preach for All Saints Day, um, is that uh, we have an afterlife. You know, a lot of people, they prepare. It's more and more common for to, to hear the phrase, you know, you really got to prepare for your retirement and you really got to prepare for your retirement, or prepare for your, your, your retirement because people are living older and older. And like my dad, I just had a conversation with him last night. He says, if I live another eight years, I'm going to be hurting financially. You know, he's going to be really in bad shape. Um, and he tried to prepare pretty well, and he was not irresponsible in his preparation. But people are living older and older, and so then it starts to well, you got to start preparing for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years post-retirement nowadays. Um, what happens if your retirement lasted eternity? You got to really prepare. So that's that's what we're all about here. You know, Jude. You know, you thought that he he was done and over with, but he wasn't. He came back a whole life of his own. So for us as well, we really need to prepare and understand that we've got a whole world ahead of us uh, in the afterlife, in our retirement, so to speak. And um, when we, uh, the, I think the point I'm going to preach here it is right now. I'm giving it to you. The point I'm going to preach in All Saints Day is that. When we die, the level of the intensity of love that we have at that moment is what we will have for eternity. So right now, let's really try to grow in love because it ain't going to get any better. All right. Sometimes people think, now there will be a lot of barriers that are taken away, and so there will be kind of a flowering of our, the virtue of charity for each of us in heaven. But as far as it's this, like the technical level of intensity will not change. It, it, it remains the same that it achieved in this life. So we really need to exercise as much love and kind of grow and work our love muscles as much as possible in this life because they're going to be stuck at wherever we were at when we die. And our ability then to, you know, our love muscles are the ability for us to actually do some good on earth when we're in heaven. St. Therese says, I'm going to spend my heaven doing good on earth, and that's what we need to be doing in our retirement, is working for people on earth. And uh, we're not going to be able to do as much heavy lifting as we want unless we start working out right now. So we got to get ready for retirement and, and, and invest. Um, and then uh, also, let's, let's think, you know, let's invoke, let's entrust uh, to, to St. Jude the desperate causes that we have in our lives. And I think, you know, the... the, the cause of evangelization. We look at the church here in Lyons. We look at St. Michael's. It doesn't look too pretty. You know? Economically, of course, Lyons doesn't look too pretty. Uh, the church doesn't look too pretty either. You know, mass attendance goes down, 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 down. It looks kind of desperate. But we can trust in St. Jude's powerful intercession. So let's do that. Let's entrust to St. Jude the cause of evangelization for St. Michael's uh, and for, for Lyons.